I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. Um, I just want to say to the listeners that I was going to call Michael about four o'clock today and say, Michael, I just can't do this live tonight. I just can't. I mean, I, I felt like the enemy was sitting on my chest. I felt such warfare, such pressure. And I said, Lord, you know, what is this? And God was just saying to me, this is warfare. This is spiritual warfare. And he said, and I know who I am. And I'm a very strong leader. I'm strong in the word. I know what the Bible says. I know who I am in Christ. I operate under an anointing. I walk with God. And I feel like, you know what, if I'm being attacked as a woman of prayer, as an quote intercessor, as a person who's building the kingdom, I can't imagine what is going on with those that we have discipled in the area of prayer, intercession, giving of thanks, whatever kind of prayer you are praying. And so I really feel like the Lord God was showing me that, you know, you know, follow me as I follow Christ. If I give up, what's going to happen to everybody that feels like giving up? That's why Jesus said men ought to always pray and not faint. If you're a person of prayer, if you're a woman of prayer, a man of prayer, the enemy is, you're going to be on the front lines and you're going to be one of the prime people he's going to attack. Why? Because prayer opens up the door for God to work. And James 4, 2 says, we have not because we ask not. And I'm not going to get into all the scriptures, but they're, 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 we co-labor with God. And in order for God to do what he desires to do on the face of this earth, men and women, we have to ask him. We have to believe. We have to receive. We have to go boldly to the throne of grace. We have to obtain the mercy. We have to obtain the grace. We have to petition. We have to request of him. And so those of you that are listening, I just want you to know that your prayers are not in vain. Don't stop praying if you don't see visible results. If the I could sense the enemy attacking me and putting that pressure on me and just give up. Well, I was saying to myself, how much more those of you who are standing and praying and believing, how much more are you experiencing this type of inner in warfare and intensity? And so I just want to encourage those of you who are believers, who are intercessors, to keep praying, keep standing, keep watching. Don't get off of your wall. Don't get off of your post. Men ought to always pray and not faint, Jesus said. And so I just want to encourage you to keep praying, keep asking, keep standing, keep moving into your destiny. Like Michael said, sometimes we feel the greatest opposition when we're about to enter into an open door. The Apostle Paul said, pray for us. Why? That the door would be open. He said, pray for us. Why? There is great there's great warfare right at the gate. So I believe that many of you are about to give birth to some things. You're about to give birth to some of the 
people that you're praying for in your families, you're believing for their salvation, you're believing for their healing, whatever it is. And the enemy is just coming in and he's saying, you know, no, 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 give up, stop. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Give up, cry, lay down, lay down your armor. And God's saying, no, listen, it's Isaiah 60, one through five. Arise from the depression, from the things that is, is trying to keep you down. Come to this new light. Your light has come. It's time for you to arise. It's time for you to stand in the gap. It's time for you to keep moving forward. Because my friends, what the enemy is needing for the evil, God is going to turn it around for the good. And so we've got to just keep on moving, keep on preaching, keep on praying, keep doing what you're doing. Because, you see, I, I've, I've said this before. Many of you have heard me say this, and Michael has heard me say this. I don't understand everything about the laws of the spirit, the realm of the spirit, because we, I, we live in a human body, and we live in this earth. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. But, my friends, there's a whole other world that we don't see and unless God opens up our eyes. And it's the realm of the spirit. It's the spirit realm. And in the spirit realm, I truly believe, Michael, that there is a war against God's saints, a war, especially against the intercessors, a war against people who really are entering into the place of prayer and they're standing in the gap and they're praying and they're believing God and they're doing their best to push back the forces of darkness and the enemy's mad he's like a, a hornet bee he's like saying i'm not gonna let them i'm gonna let them. i'm gonna put warfare on them and the thing is the greatest warfare is really in our thought life so he'll put thoughts in your mind your prayers aren't working this isn't working stop you stop you call michael you tell him you can't do it you tell him you're tired you tell him you've got too much pressure in your life you tell him you have too many things going on you just can't handle one more thing no 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 greater is he that's in you in me than he that's in the world you know we've got to we are not of them that draw back we've got to continue to arise like we said in Isaiah, we've got to continue to shine. We've got to continue to move forth. Listen, and not allow the darkness to overtake us. So I'm telling you, there is great darkness in the earth. And I remember Michael preaching about this 10 years ago, that darkness, gross darkness is going to cover the earth. But at the same time, the glory of God was going to arise in and in the church. But it seems like there's like this warfare in the spirit realm and a cap that's trying to, or a ceiling that's, that's over the body that the devil doesn't want us to break through. But that's why, Jesus, you know, the Bible says in Isaiah, you know, shall I bring you to the birth and shut up the womb? And those of you that are women, you know, we know what it's like to give birth. Just before you're about to give birth, that's where you experience the greatest pain. Um, you know, the greatest sorrow, the greatest, you know, you need that strength to push through. And I believe that's where we're at. We're at that point where you just need that punch to just keep going through. And I think that that's what this is about tonight. It's just imparting to you the strength to just keep on keeping on, keep on praying, prevailing prayer, do what you've got to do in the realm of the spirit, because the enemy knows he has to bow his knee to the Lord Jesus Christ, 
to praying in the spirit, to praying the word of God, to those of you that have said no to the devil and yes to obeying God fully, just like Caleb did. And that's why I believe, Michael, I believe that there's people, like we've been talking, like my friends and I who are on my team, we're all friends, that there's a remnant that has arisen in the land that have said yes to God and no to the things of this world. Yes to God and no to the cares of this world. Yes to God and no to the distractions of this world. Yes to God and no to just my own pleasure and hanging out and going shopping. Not that we can go shopping much, but people do it online. But it's just saying yes to God in whatever he's told us to do and asked us to do. So you didn't know that, but I was going to call you at 4 o'clock and say, Michael, I can't do it tonight. I'm just da, 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 da. And I said, no, no, devil. No, 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 no. I have the word of God in me. I am strong, and I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to give up. And here we are. You know, as I'm listening to you talk, um, boy, well, my New Jersey just come out. Talk. Talk. <laughs> talk. Talk. Um, I, I was hearing a scripture that I know you know well, that if we're not weary and we don't faint, in due season, we will reap. Exactly. And, and, and many times, I think we lack the spiritual backbone, the intestinal fortitude, the guts, the divine stick-to-itiveness that we begin in the right path, we begin doing the right thing, we begin doing what we know to do, but then we get discouraged or despondent or depressed. We get 3D, discouraged, despondent, and depressed in the thing where we have started. And I find that many in the church are great starters and lousy finishers. We don't have any follow through. And, you know, when Jesus was on the cross, he said, it is finished. And Paul said, I have run my race. I have finished my course. There's such a thing as finishing. There's such a thing as seeing the prayer assignment through right. and not quitting partway in because we haven't seen the manifestation of what we've been praying for. Right. Give us some wisdom tips right. and some secrets that you've learned to help us push through and not throw in the towel. Well, first of all, you have to have the grit factor. And Angela Duckworth, I think, a great book. I think that's the author. The grit factor, like you have that grit factor. You will just, in the spirit, you will not stop. You will not quit. You will not give up. You will just keep moving. There's something about the grit factor that those of you that are intercessors, I'm speaking to the intercessors tonight for now at least, you know, you've got to have that grit factor. you got to say, no, no, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you do not give up. You do not faint. And I think uh, a nugget that I would say to, to those of you that are listening is that you have to have vision in prayer. Now, we're not talking about tonight the prayer of faith. We pray for yourself, for your own needs. There's all different kinds of prayer. One hour cannot even accomplish 
the totality of everything that there is to say about prayer. It would take us a year of 365 days of teaching to go into all the aspects of all the different kinds of prayer. We're talking about the prayer of intercession, which is not praying for yourself. It's praying for your others, for your city, for your nation, for your president, for your leaders, for your children, for your family. But I think the very first thing that's coming to my mind, Michael, as you ask that question is vision. You have to have vision in prayer. You know, what you see in your heart by the spirit is really the reality. And when I was in Rhema Bible Training Center, God put a vision in my heart as a young 19, 20 year old. And the vision actually came from the heart of Kenneth E. Hagan, who was a, a model in prayer and who taught prayer. And I heard him prophesy all, many times about a move of God, something that was coming. And if I may, I'd like to read what he said in 1980. You're going to, you think I'm going to say <laughs> no to reading something that one of my dad said? I know. I figured not. But, you know, people say, well, this man prophesied this in 1980. And here we are in 2021. You know, where are we? Well, you know, first of all, my friends, there is no time and no distance in the spirit. So, you know, God is not in a time zone like we are. You know, he's he's in spirit. He's in now faith is. It is a now with God. He's living in the present. So this word came forth in 1980 at a prayer seminar. And I believe I was there at this particular seminar. And if And I would like to share it with you. And by the way, when I read this, just remember, my friends, that prophecy is given that you may war a good warfare. So when you have vision in prayer, especially those of you that are global intercessors and nation intercessors, city intercessors, or even for your family, it, it doesn't matter. But when you receive a prophecy or you know what the Bible says about what you're praying about, that's what gives you the faith to continue to pray steadfast, immovable, and always abounding in that labor, especially in the prayer of intercession. So here's what Brother Hagen said um, in uh, 1980. He said, you see, I have said, it has been prophesied by the Spirit of God, spoken by the Spirit, given by prophecy, given by tongues and interpretation. In other words, God said it this in multiple ways. And he's still speaking this today because I've heard him say it through different people over and over and over. Now listen to this. Okay, men speaking out of their hearts that burden, that word, that conviction that was put into their spirits by the Spirit of God concerning these days. Now, those of you that are intercessors, you have that burden. You have that assignment. And those of you that are leaders who are listening, you have a burden. You have an assignment. You see something bigger than yourself. That's called vision. And that's what we need as praying people, as intercessors to propel us to continue to pray and to stand and to watch and be on guard. He said, concerning these days, concerning a great move of God and a great move of the spirit. He said, but those things cannot come, even though it is the will of God, unless you see God is speaking forth his will. God is speaking forth his plan. God is speaking forth his purpose. But you see, you are the body of Christ. That great move of God is just waiting there. Praise you, Jesus. It cannot come unless the church gives birth to it. 
Michael. This is prevailing prayer, which we'll get into. Remember that Paul, writing to the church at Galatia, said, My little children, in whom I travail in birth again till Christ be formed in you. The way that you will give birth unto the move of God and unto that which he has planned, that which he is his highest purpose, that will for your land and for this day, the way you give birth to it is uh, through travail and intercessory prayer, or like you, you said, prevailing prayer. So the spirit is enlisting men and women today to volunteer to be one of those who will sacrifice even the legitimate pleasures of life and come aside from fellowship with others. This is what I was saying, letting go of what's, you know, what is important to you and focusing in on what God is saying and will come aside from fellowship with others that they enjoy so much and spend time on their faith in on their face in intercession. He is seeking out those today who will respond to them. How many of you, have responded to him and have said yes, but you're experiencing great warfare, great discouragement, loss of vision, which the beginning of the loss of loss of vision is the beginning of discouragement. Once you reach that place, you are discouraged and you're going to lose hope. You're going to give up. And you're going to stop praying. God's saying this is like a key verse in this in this time that we have together. Men ought to always pray and not faint. Do not faint. Do not quit. Do not give up. Do not give in to discouragement. So he says, he is seeking out those today who will respond to him. Thank God my heart answers back. Lord, I am one of them. I am one of them. Others will enlist and will enter into the greatest ministry there is, the ministry of intercession. Now, this ministry of intercession is not a public ministry, which I like. It's a, it's a, it's a ministry behind closed doors. It's a ministry where nobody sees you. But the spirit of God says, I, God says, I see you and I will reward you openly, Matthew 6. And he says, and so it will come, it shall come. Now here, here's 1980. The darkness that hovers the horizon of time, the darkness that hovers on the horizon of our nation. Can you imagine? This was back in 1980. Can you imagine? I mean, I, I, I wonder if Kenneth Dad Hagen, Kenneth E. Hagen saw what we're living in today. Who would have ever thought? Right. You know, I got to tell you, I can't even begin to tell you lately. Jeez, you go into Bed Bath and Beyond and you got to like, it's like you, you, there's nobody there to ring you up and everybody's discouraged and everybody's lethargic and you, everything you do is online and people are just, it's like, you know, we are, it's like we're hope, people are hopeless and this pandemic, who would, I know, Brother Hagen, do you think he saw what we saw? I don't know, but it says here, the darkness that hovers on the horizon of our nation, he said, will be dispelled and driven back. For the light of God will shine through and the rivers of the spirit will flow and the blessings of God shall come and it shall break, break upon us like a mighty dam has broken and the floodwaters will rush, sweeping before them all that is in their path. So the floodwaters of his blessings and his goodness and his spirit shall sweep forth like a mighty flood, not to bring devastating results, but to bring glorious results, not to bring death and destruction, but to bring life and peace and health and healing and glorious shall be the day thereof. Giving yourself unto intercession, you shall be one of those who will see the fruits of your labor. So labor on, pray in persistence. 
and in faith. Sometimes, Michael, people are like, well, I, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. Well, the thing is, it's not just prayer. You have to pray in faith. And faith sees the end result before it ever happens. Like I remember a meeting with Michael Brown at the church where you used to pastor. I remember him saying, and I never forgot his illustration. You know, are we praying ourselves into despair and unbelief and in despair and unbelief? We just keep praying the problem over and 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 over. And the more we pray, the more we dig ourselves in a hole. No, we have to pray in faith and we have to believe God. Faith is a spiritual force. It goes into the realm of that unseen world, into the realm of the spirit, and it demolishes the works of the enemy. Not only that, but when we pray in faith and we speak the word of God in faith, the word of God goes forth into the atmosphere. It doesn't return void, but it accomplishes and produces what the heart of the father desires to produce in our nation, in our land, in our families, whatever we're praying for. So he says here, give yourselves unto intercession and be one of those who will see the fruits of your labor. So labor on in persistence and in faith, stay in faith, keep the switch of faith turned on. Don't turn it off. And the floodgates of his blessing shall be loosed upon the world and upon this nation. And it shall be so, and it can be so. And it shall be so that the church shall see her finest hour in this time and in this day. Now, Michael, what are you know what what is the oppression saying? Like you can tell the difference between warfare and the difference between what God is saying. When I experience warfare, and the warfare says, our hope is lost. There's nothing that's going to happen. Nothing's ch changing. Um, this nation is, do is doomed. Everything's online. I'm separated from everybody. I can't even go to Panera and order something with a person. Now I have to do it online. And it just the list just goes on and on and on. I miss my friends. My, my, my hope is lost. I don't know where that scripture is, but I'm hearing my hope is lost. And, and, I, and, and what we, we've got to have is vision. We've got to see that, you know what, honestly, I believe the church is entering into her finest hour, but it's going to take us as intercessors, us as leaders teaching intercession and encouraging people, keep on praying and stay in faith. Vision, got to have vision. You know, I want to key in on one of the little phrases in that prophetic word that you just read right towards the end, you said not only in faith, but you said in persistence. Right. That's such a key is that word persistence and being persistent in prayer. That's the I am not going to quit attitude. That's the I don't care what it looks like. Right. I am not moved by what I see. Right. I am moved by what I believe. I believe what God said. Even Isaiah, who has believed our report? Mm -hmm. We believe so much of what the senses mm -hmm. tell us rather than believing what the spirit has told us. You're talking about having a vision and many times the Spirit shows us things to come. 
he shows us the purpose of God, the plan of God, that which is yet unborn. We know that's what the word of wisdom is. God's revealing what his purpose and what his plan is, and he's unlocking potential. But we've got to come into agreement with that potential. We've got to pray it. We've got to travail it. We've got to birth it. We've got to be persistent in it. When, when I was driving up the, the turnpike a couple of weeks ago, and I heard you on your podcast, you got into that parable in Luke chapter 11. Correct. And you, you brought out some really good stuff in that particular parable that I had not considered before. So you've been in the ministry for 42 years and you, hey, we all are still learning. And my sister brought something out that I haven't seen. And I about shouted driving up the turnpike. Would you go into that parable with us tonight? And bring I would out love to. Stuff? Go ahead. I, lo I love that we're on the same page and this is flowing so perfectly. You know, and Jesus in Luke 11, the, the apostles came to him and, you know, they watched Jesus. They watched his life. They watched, you know, his witness. And Jesus was a man of prayer without getting into all the scriptures. Um, and they came in one day and, and they saw that it was a secret to his power and the secret to his love and the secret to his 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 everything. And, you know, and they they said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And so, you know, here the apostles asked Jesus a very profound question. Teach us to pray. Not and to that's preach. What, no, not to preach, not how to heal the sick, not how to lay hands, da 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 da, da the whole not thing. Not how to prophesy. Not how to prophesy, so on and so forth. Teach us how to teach us how to pray. And that's personally been my mandate for 40 something years. Teach people how to pray. And I'm still learning how to pray. But he, the disciples, when he sees one of his you know, disciples said, teach us to pray. And so Jesus starts to teach the disciples how to pray. And again, this is like we only have like a, another 20 minutes, 25 minutes. But the very first thing he taught them was our father. He introduced them to the heart of the father. Um, and, you know, not God, not Jehovah Jireh, not Jehovah G Nisi, so on and so forth. They ta taught them intimacy with the Father. And then he taught them in this prayer of what we call the Our Father. They said, they said, he said, when you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread. Um, you know, and forgive us our sins, for we forgive everyone is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And I interpreted that scripture. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Somebody can email me or correct me if I'm wrong. But I believe that this for these first four verses was speaking of how to get your own needs met, how to take care of your own heart. How to you know, get your own you know life in order, how to worship God and honor him, understand the heart of the father. But Jesus didn't stop there. He went on to what I believe the scripture is saying of, of persistent prayer. It's the very second thing he said in the next few verses. And he said to them, which of you shall have a friend? Now, I call this friend. I'd put a capital F on it. Friend, meaning God, the father, the source of help 
the source of supply, El Shaddai, the God that is more than enough, our heavenly father who owns a cattle on a thousand hills, our father who would that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, our father who sent his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Which of you shall have a friend who is true to his character, who is the epitome of love, who loves with an everlasting love, who has an incredible heart to give, an incredible heart to love. Which of you has a friend like that who is non-judgmental, a friend who is just a good, good, good friend? So which of you shall have a friend and you are the intercessor, we'll get into that, and you go to him at midnight and you say to this friend, friend, I need something specific from you. Friend, lend me three loaves. He was very specific. He said, I desire three loaves. You're the source of help. You're the source of supply. You're El Shaddai. And by the way, I'm coming to you at midnight. And in the natural, midnight is a very inconvenient hour of the day. But obviously this intercessor, this person knew that the friend with a capital F was not going to be inconvenienced because he neither slumbers nor sleeps. He's an everlasting God. He's an everlasting father. His love never fails, never quits, amplified, and never gives up. So you go unto this friend, you say specifically, lend me three loaves. And the reason he came was not for himself. That's why I believe that the prayer of intercession. I forget the verses, John 15, 12, and 13, is one of the greatest acts of love that you and I could do for anybody, any person, any, even if you, if you release that prayer for your city, because God loves the cities, your nation. Like, this is what I said a long time ago in one of our KIU events. I got really corrective in that prophetic flow. I said, if you really love your nation, you'll stop criticizing your nation. Because the enemy wants us to criticize our nation and get us out of love of our nation. And if he can do that, he can get us to stop praying for our nation. But in this verse, he says, why did you come? You didn't come for yourself. I came for a friend of mine who has come to me in his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. I like to put it like this, Michael. For a friend of mine has come to me in his journey in life. Hello. and I." In the natural, as a human being, have nothing to give him. I can give him $100 to help him. I can help pay his rent. I can give him some medicine or some Tylenol. But this guy needs something way more than that, okay? For you come as in, in his journey, and I, in the natural, have nothing to set for him because no matter what we have, it always runs out. But thank God for the love of God because the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases it's new every morning, it's consistent, and it never runs dry. Whereas human love eventually runs dry if you're consistently tormented. And you know, even my dog, I love my dog so much. And I said to my daughter the other day, oh, Milo, it's just annoying me. She goes, what? <laughs> like she never heard me say that. You know, it was like kind of like, yeah, she was, what? But, you know, I love my dog, but sometimes, yeah, you know, he's annoying me. Because he just wants so much attention. But anyway, I have nothing to set before him. So, you know, we run out. We run dry. 
you know, you know, maybe I need my dog to pet me on the head, or maybe you need someone to love you back who's being mean to you. That's why the Bible says, pray for your enemies, bless those that curse you, you know, just keep loving. Okay. And verse seven, now here's what the, here's what the answer is from the friend with the capital F. He will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut. And my children are with me in bed. Now remember, Jesus is speaking in a parable, in a sense, like a parable. And I cannot rise and give to you. But you know what I love about this verse? I love that the mediator, the intercessor, so to speak, that friend who is going to that friend who was the source of help, he didn't give up. He didn't faint. He was very persistent. And he said, you know what? I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep on keeping on. Now, this is intercession. It's not the prayer of faith. And I'd like to clarify that later on. If we can please help me to remember. And verse 8, he says, I say to you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, another translation says importunity, persistence, Michael, like the title of what you wanted to call this time or our time together, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I love this because God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask, hope, dream, or desire. This intercessor went to the source of help and he said, listen, I just need three loaves. I'm not going to ask you for anything else. I just want three loaves. But you know what? God said, you know what? I'm not just going to give you three loaves. I'm going to give you as much as you need. I'm not just going to save your son. I'm going to save his wife and all your grandchildren all at once. That's just how God operates. But I want you to notice it was because of his importunity, his persistence, which please let's make sure we clarify this to our listeners. This is only for the prayer of intercession. Yes. It requires importunity. It requires, like you had said to me in a text, that breakthrough, that breaking through, that release in the spirit. This is the kind of prayer that's different from all the other kinds of prayer. You know what's interesting? And for me, I've got a stickler thing in me that my father drilled into me. And context is king. And if you stay in the same context, Jesus really doesn't end with this parable. Because <laughs> when you go into verse 9 right. <laughs> and verse 10, he carries the same thought. He stays right there. He's he's still on where 8 ended off. You're right. Verse 8 ended off with because of his persistence. Now Jesus gives us the illustration of that persistence. And in verse 9, he says, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Well, that's all well and good until you study the Greek. And the Greek is written in a continuous tense. And what the Greek actually says is, if you ask and keep on asking, if you seek and keep on seeking, if you knock and keep on knocking, 
It's that continuous action. It's that persistence in prayer. This is what the old timers used to call praying through. You get to the place that until that burden, and I, I know I can open a can of worms here, but, but you get that burden to pray about something and you pray through and you keep persistent and you ask and you ask and you ask and you seek and you seek and you seek and you knock and you knock and you knock and you don't let up. The old timers would say, I'm going to grab hold of the horns of the altar and not let go. And we've lost that. We've lost the tenacity. We pray one time and think we're through. No, you got to pray through till that burden lifts, until the lightness comes in your spirit, till that travail that's inside of you turns to laughter and rejoicing, and you know you're through. And we've lost that. And so this persistence, Jesus used this continuous tense verbiage from the Greek that it's ask and keep asking, seek and keep seeking, and knock and keep knocking. And it's because you approach God that way. doesn't matter what you see. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. It doesn't matter that you haven't seen it manifest in the natural yet. You just keep at it and keep persistent and pray through until it manifests or until you feel the release in your spirit and then you're through and not until. Right. And it, it's interesting because um, I, mean, I have several examples of that. I remember one time I was teaching in a church consistently and they were, I was teaching on the art of intercession. What you're talking about is the art of of intercession and brother Hagen said if we don't teach this if we don't keep this message alive we're going to lose what's called the art of intercession which is praying through to victory so i want the listeners to understand that the art of intercession is different from the prayer of faith and all the other different kinds of prayer when you pray for yourself you pray according to mark 11 23 and 24 you believe that you receive it then you have it you don't have to keep asking and asking and asking and asking and asking we're talking about the kind of praying that's praying on the behalf of a city, a nation, a person, a family, whatever that is. It's it's a kind of a the kind of praying that's born of the spirit, and you pray through, like Michael said, to victory. I'm going to give you guys a couple of examples. When I was teaching in this particular church, uh, it was at the time it was called Faith Oasis. I remember. Uh, we were, we were, I was teaching on the art of intercession and we were precept and example, teaching and then practicing. And we were doing this week after week after week. And then one day the pastor's wife said to me, she spoke Southern. She said, Margie, I thought that the prayer of intercession worked. It just seems like since we've been praying, all hell is broke loose. And I said, Jeannie, because prayer reveals hidden things. And so it's happening. Whatever's been hidden is now being revealed and exposed and all the walls are coming down and the blinders are coming off and people are beginning to manifest. So sometimes like things will get worse before they get better. 
Um, another example, I'm not very quick. I'm going to say this very quickly. Another quick example. I was praying on the behalf of a leader here on the East Coast. Long story short, I had a dream because the prayer assignment came to me in a dream. And in this dream, because sometimes that's how God works. And number two, he knew, God knew that I was giving myself over to a lot of prayer in that season. I mean, a lot. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about a lot. Like I, I devoted myself to prayer for the entire day for a long time till I was released from this, that particular season. But he knew that I would be available. See, the Bible says, I sought for a man among them who would stand in the gap and put up a hedge. He knew that God knew that I would be available as a house of prayer, Isaiah 56, 7, and pray this thing through to victory. So I had a dream about this particular leader. And in the dream, I saw his side of his face swell up and had all these bumps on it. And his wife came and patted it. And when she patted it, the other side would swell up. And it just seemed like this natural like thing kept going back and forth. And I woke up. And, you know, instinctively, I just knew his life, his, something was, I didn't know his life was in danger. I don't want to say that. I just knew that something was wrong. I had a, eh, like a feeling, a sense, whatever you want to call it. Just something on the inside said, urgency, pray. So I put the kids on the bus, went up in my prayer room. The minute I hit the floor in prayer, I started praying in tongues. Michael, this is important. And mm -hmm. you know this because you preach it. I just started praying in tongues. I didn't know how to pray about the situation. I didn't know how to pray this thing through. I didn't know how to pray for this person who in his journey in life, you know, had, had been revealed to me by the Holy Spirit that he needed prayer. I didn't know what he needed. I didn't know what was going on, but the Spirit searches the hearts he knows what is the mind of the spirit he makes intercession according to the will of god so i just yielded myself to the holy spirit which again this generation needs more teaching on i'm just not ever going to stop and not ever going to give up and teaching them about that but so i just prayed in the holy ghost and prayed in the holy ghost and eventually and this again is the art of intercession i reached a place in prayer where I was more conscious of the spirit world and what was happening on the inside of me because we're the house of prayer. And I just, I don't know how to explain it. I started entering into what they call Romans 8, like kind of like a groaning and a um, like a sorrow. And I was yielding to the Holy Spirit. And again, this is the language of heaven. The language of heaven is sometimes expressed through groanings and tears and and uh, words that are not always articulate in their in their um, expression, yes. and so I was praying and praying and praying, and praying hours, 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 and about uh, thirty five to forty five minutes before I picked my bus kids up at the bus stop, I found myself saying through what I call, what the Bible calls tongues and interpretation. I was so lost in the spirit that I was yielding to my heart and I wasn't out of my head. And I found myself praying um, the scripture with long life, I will satisfy you. Now speaking on his behalf, it was like a declaration over his life. With long life, I will satisfy you, and show you my salvation. It would be like just in our day, the prophetic movement, the people decree and declare a lot. And that's good. That works. But, you know, now I can say it because I'm released to say it. They've lost 
the art of intercession, the art of tongues and travail and entering in. It's, you know, intercession is more than just decreeing and declaring. We've, yes, we've missed some of that in our praying, but we're getting it back. And so I found myself praying uh, the scripture with long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. And then I, I, I came to me, Margie, and I said, well, that gave me a clue to the mystery I've been praying out. First Corinthians 14, one, this whole time, his life is in danger. Duh. After like six hours of entering into prayer on his behalf or eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, one, two, about six hours. And so I knew his life was in danger. So I kept praying and praying and praying and praying. And praying. All of a sudden I hit a breakthrough moment where something on the inside lifted and released. And I started laughing and I remember it was about 15 minutes before I picked my kids up at the bus stop. I felt like, whoa, I got it. I got it. And when I picked my kids up, I, they didn't know what I was talking about. I normally don't talk to they never talk to them about this stuff. But I was so in the moment, I just said, I got it. Like, what'd you get, mom? I go, oh, it's okay. I, I just got it. But I found out like six weeks later, because I did not tell this person what I had done, because it was a you know major ministry leader in our region. But I had a conversation with him on the phone and I found out and he said to me that he had been bit by fire ants in Florida. He was highly allergic. He was in the hospital and he was they thought he was going to die from this allergic reaction. So I believe that my prayers caused something to happen in the spirit that aborted death, aborted what the enemy was trying to do. I don't understand it all, Michael. I don't understand it all don't it wasn't pray believe you receive on the behalf of this person and that's it it was a different kind of praying but i believe that's what saved his life in that moment but that's what you were saying prevailing prayer praying through to victory absolutely and, and that's the thing that you know dad hagen was so concerned about even you know before he went home to be with the lord he said that there is a move of the Spirit of God that's going to be lost to a generation if we don't teach them. And I think we've come really close to losing it. I do too. Because we haven't lost it. There no, is a, there's a there's a remnant of a remnant. Well, there's a remnant teaching it. Right. There, there's a remnant of a remnant that understands it, that moves in it and practices it and teaches it. But there is a mass segment of ecclesia that does not know it. Right. I agree. Even, even with all of the apostolic and the prophetic and fivefold ministry and the kingdom and all these truths that are wonderful, they're pertinent, they're needed. We need the, the foundations. We need apostles and prophets for the church to be built upon and all that stuff. But we can't lose the move of the spirit. We can't lose the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the individual leader or in the individual believer of, of the one that's called to pray. I mean, when's the last time somebody actually just doubled over on the floor and rolled like a beached whale and groaned because they felt like their insides were coming out? Well, I think I know somebody that's I'm looking at right now. <laughs> 
But, uh, you know, I'm just saying. Because that. at our KIU event, and we talked about this. Well, yeah. One week, my friends, those of you that don't know this, before we, I would say two weeks before we knew COVID, we knew quarantine, we knew anything was going on. My team and I were completely burdened, something on the inside, major. And there was groanings and tears and praying in tongues. And then we went into a KIU event, one of my prayer events that we used to, we, well, I don't know, hopefully we'll get back to it. We, we gathered together churches from regions. We were at Joe Source's church in Brick. And Michael was there, and Mark was there, um, and a lot of and 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 um, uh, uh, you know, so many other leaders were there, and we prayed. And um, you were the one that really entered into those groanings, because the Lord used me to bring the people up and to worship, and then we entered into tongues, and then the Spirit took us into that level of the groanings and the travails. And then leading into the birthing, but we never gave birth. I can remember saying, you know, what are we praying about? Again, the same thing. There is something wrong. There's something happening. And remember that, Michael? We didn't know what we were praying about, but we never got the full release. And we all said, we're going to go home. We're going to continue in prayer. And we all did continue in prayer. And some people say, well, well, you prayed. Well, why did this all continue to happen? Well, I, my, my thoughts are what would have happened if we didn't pray? Yeah. So we will only know, we know in part, we prophesy in part. When we stand and we look down into, into time from eternity, we'll see what the results and what the fruit of our prayers really were. That's why those of you that are listening, I, the theme of tonight is Luke 18, 1. Men ought to always pray and not faint. Discouragement is the beginning of the loss of vision. Some of you are discouraged. You've lost your vision in prayer and you're not praying. Get back up. Get back on. Keep praying, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of prayer. Your labors are not in vain. Keep praying. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Keep praying for that lost loved one. Again, sometimes things get worse before they get better. Don't stop praying for our nation. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Shall a nation be born at once when Zion travailed? She brought forth her children. I believe the United States of America is going to have a great awakening, but we can't lose hope. And those of you that teach prayer, you know, you've got to keep it up. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. I have some books here. I have this book here called Mark for Intercession. You could go to my website and get it. It talks all about the prayer of intercession and what it will produce. It'll encourage you. It'll strengthen you. And then this one is a, I gave you all my notes basically in a booklet. Here's a picture of me when I was a lot younger. <laughs> I look really good in bangs, but those days are over. But this particular <laughs> booklet, you know, you could use this to teach those of you that are leaders, you can teach people how to pray by just using this. You can make copies of the outlines and just teach people. And one of the things God said to me, and I know you probably would probably have to go, but he said, Margie, encourage people to do prayer calls. Even if it's five of you, sometimes my prayer calls, there's five of us. Sometimes there's 11 of us. Get on the call, call your friends, your believing friends and start praying, interceding, speaking the word. Pray in tongues. Do Zoom meeting prayers. And some of you that feel confident and are still hanging out with the same people, gather in your home and pray. We've got to continue to pray. Men ought to always pray and not faint. Absolutely. 
absolutely. Folks, it's hard <laughs> to get everything that you want to say when you have a zillion things inside of you. And then what happens, especially with Margie and I, is we begin to talk like this and we end up feeding off each other. And it's like these sparks start shooting and she'll say something and my insides will go or I'll say something and her insides will go. And this is one of those things that we could talk about for two hours very easily. But if you do a two-hour Facebook Live, people won't stay and watch. People have a attention span that's only for a certain amount of time, and then they kind of lose interest. But listen, this is stuff that the church at large, to a large extent, has lost. Don't let it be you that has lost really it. Really good. True. They can do whatever they want, yes. but make up your mind yes. that it's not going to be you, Yes, that you are not going to be the one that's going to be discouraged and despondent and dejected, and you're going to be the one that's going to quit, that you're the one that's gonna, not going to faint. That's not going to be you. You're going to be the one that despite the circumstances, not because of, but despite the circumstances, you're going to believe God. You're going to continue to pray regardless of what things look like. He is the author and the finisher. He will see you through to the end. He who began this good work in you, he will bring it to a completion. But he's not doing it by himself. He's doing it with you because the Bible says that we are co-laborers or co-workers together with him. And if you don't do your part, if you don't labor, if you don't work, huh, while it is day, I must work the works of him that sent me. Well, Jesus was sent from the Father and he was sent with an assignment to introduce the kingdom of heaven into the earth to supersede the earthly kingdom. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world, but I'm going to supersede the kingdoms of this world that they would become the kingdoms of the Lord and of his Christ. And I'm going to show you how to live and how to have fellowship and how to have relationship with my father. And as the father has sent me, so I am sending you and I'm sending you so that you will do in the earth what I did in the earth. You know, Jesus was one that groaned. Say he did. Absolutely. When he was approaching the tomb at Lazarus, the Bible says that he groaned within himself and he said, Father, I thank you that you heard me and that you hear me always. When did the father hear him? The father heard him when he groaned within himself. And Jesus was sent in a way to show us how to live the kingdom life and enforce the kingdom life. Don't let it be you that lets these things go. 
people in the kingdom have lost it, don't let it be you. If you've let it slip, if you've let it go, re-engage. Re-engage in warfare. Re-engage in the fight. Re-engage in the vision that God has given you. Regain your vision and, and, and pull yourself back in. Sometimes you need a checkup from the neck up, and sometimes you got to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, and you don't feel like it. You're tired. You don't want to do it, but yet there's something in the spirit that if you will allow it to get a hold of you, something in the spirit cries out, not yet, not yet, not yet, you cannot quit. And if you will yield yourself, yield your members unto righteousness, yield yourself unto the voice of not yet, not yet, not yet, then God by his spirit will take hold together with you. I know we didn't really get into it and Margie mentioned it in passing, but that's what Romans 8 is all about, that the spirit will take hold together with you. You don't have to do it in your own strength. You don't have to do it in your own unction, but he gives you the burden. He gives you the desire, and then he takes hold together with you, and he gives you the very intercession to pray. And when you partner together with him as the co-laborer, the co-worker, then you begin to see things change. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project Podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.